coming up in this week's episode. And for some reason, I always wanted the like peanuts, and I always just asked people, I'll, I'll trade you my Freddo, and people were like, no, Grace, why are you trading a Freddo? <laughs> podcast for students by students. I'm your host Holly and today we'll be talking about Halloween. In this episode I'm joined by Grace Boyle, the BB for Education. Grace would you like to tell us a bit about yourself? Thank you Holly and thanks for having me on the show today. Um, so my name's Grace, um, as you said I'm the BP Education. Um, when I was a student here at Ulster I studied interactive media and I really enjoyed it. Um, I also went to study abroad whenever I was here at Ulster and I suppose the fun fact about me would be that I've hiked about eight mountains in the Appalachian Trail while I was studying abroad and now that I think about it I'm like oh my goodness that was like that was class it was just such an amazing experience. That's incredible. Eight mountains. Yeah yeah it was tough like at the time and we used to do it in snow. I remember in January it was minus 18 degrees and my friend had a water bottle and it froze over. It was insane and I, I don't appreciate it. Oh I didn't appreciate it at the time but now I'm like oh my goodness that yes, was such a great experience. back on it you yeah. think that was class. That's class. But no. Oh, not on eight, minus 18 degrees. Oh, no, no. <laughs> you would not catch me outside the house. So we're glad for the for the milder October that we've been having. Yes, so definitely. It's been good. So what have you been up to? Um, so within my role, I've been really looking after the educational return onto campus. So we've just had our course rep indu- or elections and I was just out of a course rep induction there at 12. So we're getting all our reps righted up so that they're equipped to be able to support students this year when there's so many different things happening with the return to campus. So it's been incredibly busy and we've been in and out of meetings and advocating for, for students. So it's, you know, the days run into each other by this stage. I can't believe it's October. I know it's crazy to think it is. Time's went by so fast, so it has. Yeah, definitely. Um, you've had a lot of success recently with your period poverty campaign, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's been a passion project for since I was a student, and I, I remember going back to 2017, and that kind of shows my age. But when I was caught out here in iBlock, just at night with no dispensers in the university, and from then, you know, I've been working on this ever since, and I'm really excited to see that the bill is going through Stormont, and I've been working very closely with Pat Catney, who's been really, really incredible in advocating for this, especially as an older man. So we have a lot of allies in the movement, and working with the Homeless Period Belfast, there's a lot of supporters and really grassroots organisations that have been helping um, people and people who menstruate and making sure that they have access to period products. So it's been a real passion project, and I'm really glad to see the successes of it, especially now that the second hearing is um, of the bill is in the next two weeks. We're looking forward to see where that goes, and hopefully it's very positive. So let's get straight into today's episode about Halloween. Um, starting with touching on what we've got to when we were kids. Did yes. you did you dress up when you were a kid? Yeah, I I love Halloween. Halloween is my favorite time of year. Um, I I have such vivid memories of um dressing up and going. Um, I lived in a, in a village when I was very young and I used to go up to my friend's granny's house and we used to go trick-or-treating around her, her area and it was such a, it was, it was an every, every single year we did that same thing but for some reason it's such a, 
it's such a really vivid and, and happy time for me and um, being with all my friends and having different costumes and even after trick-or-treating we would trade our sweets and and for some reason I always wanted the like peanuts and nobody really? wanted yeah nobody wanted them and because I don't know maybe it's because I really like um, like peanuts and cashew nuts and things like that. Like I always just ask people, I'll, I'll trade you my Freddo. And people are like, no, Grace, why are you trading the Freddo? But yeah, it was it was a really, really lovely experience every single year. I know, because my mum and dad always used to get the big peanuts. Yeah. And I was like, what, what is the hype about these? I, I like, like almost like cracking them as yeah. a kid. But yeah. I didn't like the nut part. I just like cracking them. So I there's think, been loads yeah. of peanuts just cracked in the top. It's, that's that's part of the process as well. That's part of the fun of it is just like breaking things open and you know, know. seeing and what's we inside. we lived in the country, so we never actually got to go trick or treating. Oh wow! Yeah, and it was about what age is I? Probably eighteen, and I, we, and my friend, were going out to Kelly's <laughs> yes. on Halloween night, and her wee cousins were over, and we, I was like, "Can we take them trick or treating?" Because mm-hmm. I've never experienced this. I was like, "We have to go trick or treating," and it was so funny. These people, we knocked on the doors, and there's us like eighteen standing behind them, like. Hmm. <laughs> just like can I also have sweets yeah, and they're like you're before. a bit old for this but you know it like like trick-or-treating is such a it, it, it's really it's really really fun and um like the things that you get from people is sometimes I think about it I'm like I got money whenever yeah, I was trick-or-treating I got oranges all the time and that's all part of the tradition as well but you get some really like interesting um, sweets and items when you go trick or treating, especially when you come home and you probably look like a bucket or basket, whatever you had, and you think, "What on earth have I got here?" Yeah. <laughs> and then you were like, "Fredo for a peanut." <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Halloween parties as well was also a big thing, and fireworks and all the rest of it. Um, Duncan for apples. That was a love hate with me. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of Duncan for apples. I don't know why. It just I think when and I I got to do that whenever I was a little bit older and maybe mm-hmm. wore a little bit more kind of costume makeup and stuff and I'm like why would I dunk myself in water and ruin that but you know it's that's that's all part of the tradition as well but I think it kind of got the better of me I was like I cannot let this apple you know defeat you defeat me <laughs> I was like I have to get this apple <laughs> I don't think I've ever caught one Oh, really? No. What about um, chocolate apples and toffee apples? Do you like them? Yeah, and now I, I, a lot of people will know, and I'll say this, and uh, like I, I've been vegan for a good number of years now, but uh-huh. I do remember um, the chocolate apples were one of my favourites, and even the toffee ones, I, I, I always like wanted to pick the toffee off in big clumps and eat mm-hmm. them on their own because it was just like, oh, it's a big shiny like clump of toffee uh-huh. and. Yeah. Did anyone ever eat the apple? Because when I we got the them apple. in school, and all, we just <laughs> ate the toffee, the chocolate. I preferred the toffee. Yeah. But no, I never ate the apple. No. I mean, the apple was never as good when you got through. I don't know. Maybe because the chocolate and the toffee was soaked onto it. The apple just was never as crunchy. Yeah, it, it didn't Did feel you? crunchy. No. And I think I might have like taken a few bites out of it. And I was like, nah. And nah. because it was on a stick, you could throw it away. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, pumpkin carving now. Yes, yeah, that's a big one. I love pumpkin carving. I've like recently I was at the um Yushu or not, the Yushu Book Clubs mm-hmm. uh, Society and they did a really nice event on um it was a quiz night on Caroline or Coraline sorry, mm-hmm. and we made this really really cool pumpkin in theme of Coraline, and it was so, it was such a lovely pumpkin and I really wanted to take it home but Curtis took it home because it was so cute so yeah. I I went out and bought a pumpkin there recently and I just love. 
and kind of the atmosphere of mm-hmm. Halloween and the oranges and the hues and the colours and that kind of homely feeling and feeling like the, the season is changing and yeah. that's really, really important to me when I'm thinking about Halloween is that the colours around Halloween and the different shades that are coming through. They just make my heart so warm. So when you go outside and all the leaves have fell off the tree and they're all orange, you know, I'm just like, ah, it's cosy season. It's, you know it's I mean? turtleneck season. It is. Yeah. <laughs> As you can see. Yeah. I like turtleneck season. Love it. Um, so I would have, when you were speaking of um, Coraline there, would that be one of your go-to Halloween movies as a kid? Oh or? my goodness. Like, it's Nightmare Before Christmas is probably I've the film. i Oh, it's, it's such a classic. It, but I've never watched it. I keep telling people every single year, yeah, I'm going to watch it, but I just haven't. It's it's a classic and it's my favourite film. I love watching it from Halloween to Christmas because mm-hmm. it, it's one of those ones that you can watch it at any time. And some people don't know whether it's a Halloween film or a Christmas film. And I'm like, it's it can be whatever you want to be. It just has a lot of good memories and it's the themes around it. And there's lots of, it's, it's such an artistic film too. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I really like how Halloween Town looks in it and mm. I remember watching it when I was very young maybe about three and I remember specifically that my older brother wanted me to see this to like scare me and that's you know <laughs> that's what older brothers do but I was just so fascinated by the whole themes and the how beautiful the film was so it's a it's a really like I, I from Halloween to Christmas I just watch it straight <laughs> Yeah. You just watch non-stop. He was probably thinking, are you scared yet? Are you scared yet? And you're like, no, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Scooby-Doo, they <gasps> had one. Yes. What was it called? I forgot it was, I think it was night. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Yeah. I don't, I don't well, remember that one. they probably had a lot of Halloween ones, to be fair, because it's Scooby-Doo. I remember playing the like a Scooby-Doo game, uh-huh. a, a Night of 100 Frights. Like, I think right. you might be too young for this, but it was on the PS2 back in, like, 2002. Oh, my goodness. Um, but I it was two years old at that point. I didn't <laughs> know what PS2 was. <laughs> yeah, and it, like, I remember playing the Scooby-Doo games, and I loved it. And I think I think people want to feel scared, mm-hmm. and it's, it's like, base reaction and the base kind of emotion that we have is that we want to kind of have that a little bit of a like anxiety of being like oh scared and then that adrenaline rush and mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of I think when when I was younger I really kind of craved that and it's, especially with Scooby-Doo like Scooby-Doo has always been kind of mysterious and all these different yeah. like boogeymen and things like that so but I think Scooby-Doo did it in a nice way yeah because it wasn't full-on horror but at some parts of it was scary like yeah yeah and there are definitely ones that when I was being I was like oh this is coming up you know but they did it in a nice way and I think they had a good balance in there for kids who were maybe not you know, total fans of scary things, but they also like Scooby Doo. Yeah, like it had a good balance because they had the comedy in there too. You know, I mean, it was funny to watch. So we asked on Instagram, "What was your favorite Halloween activity?" And surprise, surprise, most people did say fancy dress. Um, and Apple Bob was at the very bottom of the list. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed a lot of people were yeah. can't bob for apples. Yes, can't bob for apples, or they didn't want to ruin their face paint. Um, when we asked what scary movies people liked, we got Hocus Pocus. Corpse Bride and your favorite, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, yeah, it's all and it, you know what? They're very whimsical films. The ones mm-hmm. that are mentioned and they, they kind of draw from like a childhood memory. I think when people think about well, well from those submissions, we're not yeah. kind of seeing like the child's play or Nightmare on Elm Street and the traditional horror because I think when we think about Halloween, it's more than just the horror of it. Yeah. It's definitely that whimsical side and that child like memories of Halloween mm-hmm. and. Um, I, I like think about The Corpse Bride as well and I don't think of it it's like a scary film or even a Halloween film but it's all that 
kind of artistic and Tim Burton-y style of, yeah. of Halloween, yes. So let's talk about some spiritual encounters and some of the myths and legends of Northern Ireland. Um, I'll start with one you might have heard of, which was Cushy Glen. So in the 1700s, he was known for robbing travellers on the main coach road from Newton Limavari and Coleraine. Um, he was rumoured to have murdered several travellers and dumped their bodies in the murder hole at the foot of Windy Hill. This is so interesting, I was looking this up. <laughs> and he was shot at the murder hole and then was hung around Bridge Street, Bridge, Bridge Street Coleraine to identify travellers worthy of robbing. So he was sort of then used as a symbol to say this is people like him who would you need to basically watch out for. Yeah, yeah, and that's all when we th- think of murder and well, I don't want to be like that that level of detail, but it's it's those kind of things are re- and when you talk about the like horror stories, it's all it's a theme that's quite common, mm-hmm. and I I did hear about this and I only heard like this story from TikTok, right? So I'm hearing all these different kind of um tales from yeah. old um in the in our new platforms like TikTok, and it's really it's really fascinating to see the historical. Um, context and whether it's true or not yeah. true is that there's a lot of history behind it and it's 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 that uncanniness and oh my god goodness like that could have happened to me back way long ago and it's it's a piece of reality when you talk about such kind of that kind of horror is that oh it, it brings it back home it and does. it's on it's on like Korean it's next door to me and it's, it's so local early, yeah it's literally I mean on a street that you would walk down do you know what I mean like it's it's just crazy to think, and as you said, it is. In our days, these murders and all are associated with, I think, with Halloween. It's like all the Halloween movies we were talking about there. You know, there's always a murder element involved with them. It's just so well associated with Halloween instead of the other things that come along with Halloween. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, as I said, it's not you know nothing's confirmed because it was all purely done on witness base. So no one actually. It's just sort of a myth it's sort of like a legend people know bits and pieces say through time people's just been putting bits and pieces together yeah to and that's all fascinating it's yeah. like the story elements and and whether it's true or untrue and the mythical aspect of it is is what draws people in and keeps them kind of retained when it comes to the stories so it's fascinating that we have such local kind of stories to pull from and that they that they're like right on our doorstep mm-hmm did you, when you spent some time in America, did you have any, I say over there might have had a few? Yeah, um, I, I believe I was in the place of like the Salem witch trials and right. um, there was definitely, I think America has a lot of that Halloween kind of vibes and especially where I was in Virginia, um, there were stories of um, people going missing in the forest and like I think historically when the natives were there there was um there was a village of natives that kind of got um removed and killed from their um from their place of home and like places where i was in um virginia that that had a lot of ghouly tales and and ghosts that were still lingering about and i suppose we see that in other horror films like the shining where native native cultures kind of represented really strongly and it kind of has that uncanny and um, spiritual aspect that people kind of get a little bit, oh, like a bit spooked out by. Yeah. So yeah, there was definitely a lot of um, there was a lot of stories in in where I was that kind of inspired um, a lot of the 
the American themed parties that I was at and yeah it was it was all around Salem so it was a really interesting place to be in especially when there was so much different horror things that were going on mm-hmm. oh definitely I say it was and it was probably hard um coming to terms with your you're standing there where this potentially all took place um I know in 1711 in March um in Carrickburgers in front of the ant room eight women were put on trial and found guilty of witchcraft so they were put in stocks and jailed for a year as an 18-year-old named Mary Dunbar, she picked out these eight women and claimed they were witches that had attacked her in spectral form. So she said she experienced things such as shouting, swearing, blaspheming, throwing Bibles, going in fits every time a clergyman came near her and vomiting household items such as pins, buttons, nails, glass and wood. So she pointed out these eight women and said they were the ones who caused all this. Um, but during their arrest, the eight of them did experience, you know, there was a mob attacked them, and one of them did lose an eye in this, which is really horrible. It's to really think. gruesome, especially when it was just one. Like they were just going off as one person, and you know they were all just the woman. Uh, they were all, you know, after a year, they were just, you know, just thrown out of the community. They were just told to leave completely. Um, but the records were all lost in the Irish Civil War when the public records office was burned down. So there is actually no record because of this of this happening, but it's just unbelievable to think, especially back then. You know, it only took one person, and we sometimes see that in horror movies and Halloween movies that it only takes one person to make this claim, and then all of a sudden, you know, all these women were put on trial yeah. for witchcraft, especially when it's witchcraft, and you sort of think historically, mm-hmm. like witchcrafts, it's it's to do with women and um kind of. Where maybe we think about women's positions in yeah. society at that time and how women were treated. It's like, you know, and and of course science and things like that were or well, yeah, science and um, logic and all wasn't really as developed as it was mm-hmm. then. So obviously that there's there's a lot of um, supernatural suspicion, um, and i find it i find it interesting that it's always when we think about witchcraft specifically that what's the court crimes were that women made mm-hmm. and that that made them be executed it's always it's it's really fascinating when you see like oh it's it's kind of like that witch's cauldron kind of yeah like all those different themes or and you've talked about things making things, that making are things po- and yeah poisoning poisoning people yeah it's like you know all this kind of deviation or devious activity and yeah. It's it's really, I find it fascinating what what the crimes were and why why was it connected to women at the time. So mm-hmm. and it's re- it's a shame that the the record the Irish record office don't have that because it was burned down obviously because that would have been really fascinating to see what even if you know occupation was a thing for women at that time what what kind of jobs or position did they have in society that would make them kind of susceptible to that kind of level of treatment yeah cause especially back then if they were making something you know they maybe like were that times pharmacist or something who was making something to help people mm-hmm. and then it only took one person to turn around and say you know they're they're not good here you know they they're a witch yeah. and then it was just sort of that thing where they just pinned it on them and no one really needed any evidence to just you know persecute women at the time yeah yeah for it. we have had a few well there's actually been some talk you know around this time of year especially about Ouija boards have you ever been near one very scared to be near one um I'm I'd like to say I'm not superstitious but there has been very 
um, like paranormal activity I've experienced and I can't explain. Mm-hmm. Um, so the thought of a Ouija board and connecting with maybe past relatives or someone that could could maybe want like linger about in my life that is in a yeah. in the afterlife kind of spooks me out. Um, because I have experienced some paranormal activity in um in my house when I was very young. Uh-huh. Um, Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I want uh, to know. <laughs> um so my my mum um was making like she was she was in the kitchen with her friend and right. the kettle went off and all these different electrical appliances started started going off and this was in the nineties and just, just they were like, Okay, what's happening? And my mum walked across to our hallway and she looked up the stairs and all at, the, at that point all the lights had kind of turned off and she thought it was a power cut. But um there was a black figure like walk floating across our um, top staircase and she was just like this thing has no legs I'm running out the door and what is this and then we soon realized that um, the previous owners of the house um, their grandmother was buried underneath the uh, or in the back garden and so my mom was like ah no we're, we're moving away from this no. yeah and then later on in life I was um, I was about 16 and I was dog sitting and I had a very similar experience where I went into the kitchen and a clock that had no batteries in it had went off and I walked over to the sound of the clock and then the sound would shift to another part of the room and I walked over to that part of the room and then I heard an egg timer go off and I checked all the cupboards and I thought I was going mad and saying that there was no egg timer but I swear to God that clock had no batteries in it and at that point in time my my like grandparents had both passed away and that was their home uh-huh. and I was um in the house like with the dog and I was just like okay I gotta go gotta take the dog out for a walk and get out of yeah, here because just there's just the dog like save me yeah I was like save me please <laughs> so uh, there's been different things and did you feel anything at the time yeah like I walked over and I felt a very cold presence and mm-hmm. I I I knew that it was it was my like I felt that it might have been my grandparents or my mm-hmm. my nana specifically and just let, like, I felt that she was letting me know because that was still her house, mm-hmm. that it was okay to let go of that house. Yeah. And um, actually, it's up for sale now. But um, it, I think it was it was comforting, but also very spooky. And I was like, yeah. I'm out of here as well. So no, I get that. I yeah, get that. it is. It's nice when you know because I've lost both my grandparents and my granda. He died. He we, we were, when they were both ill, they came and stayed at our house. And he actually died in the spare bedroom, our guest bedroom, downstairs. And when I walk into that room, I just feel this sense of, you know, it's almost like you do feel something. And I don't I know if like it's because I want to feel something. Yeah. Or as if there's actually something there. But see that room, I just, there's just something about it when I am there. It's like the energy in it the room. It is, mm-hmm. yeah. It does, it, like, and I think it, it doesn't even matter if you are in relation to someone. I, I know when I go into certain houses, mm-hmm. I, I can I can definitely, like, feel the presence. And I was most recently in Maynooth uh-huh. and in the priest college there, and I had to stay overnight in one of the accommodation. And I just I just felt a little bit spooked. I was like, this is this is really eerie. I, I, like, I feel a certain presence here. And it's, like, I definitely think that we, we sense things and we have... Mm-hmm. I don't want to say everyone has a sixth sense, but definitely there's people that do sense some higher people, energy. I think, yeah, some people, I think, just shut it down completely. Yeah. And when they shut it down completely. But I think if you're open to feel it, you can feel certain things. Yeah. And, I mean, on one hand, like, from watching movies, I'm thinking, yes, 
I, you know, it's making me think this, you know, making me think there should be something here. They should feel something when, you know, someone passes, you know, this, their favourite spot or their house, you feel should be feeling something. Yeah. But then on the other hand, um, you know, maybe it's just, I'm thinking like, is it just movies make me feel this? So maybe it's not a thing, it's just in my head. And on the other hand, I'm thinking, but if you are in this place where your loved one liked or you lived, surely there is something, you know? Yeah. So surely there has to be something. Like, when a person dies, surely there has to be something still there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and just when you're saying about when you see things or feel things, mm-hmm. it's like, even culturally, people are different in how they see the like, a, a supernatural or afterlife or however you want to put it, because, um, like, I, I suffer from sleep, sleep paralysis, mm-hmm. and so my sleep paralysis is very different from my friend um, who is... I'm from Bosnia, so whenever I sleep, and sometimes I'll see like um, depictions of maybe like demons or or like ghosts or mm-hmm. ghouls or something that's like on a, of a of a Christian Western society, and it's all very kind of from from demons and you know from that kind of end yeah. of, of of how we we live in 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 this this part of the world. But my friend, um, who's from who who also has sleep paralysis, when he has it. He sees things that, that are depicted from the Quran. He sees snakes. He sees different types of um, of, of spirits that would be related to his religion. And his okay. experience of sleep paralysis is very different. Mm-hmm. And I think when people have sleep paralysis, it always like it's always when we're obviously in bed and when when supernatural things are most happening. And so I try to kind of create a bit of logic with it. I'm like, okay, is it in my head? Am I seeing things because it's in my head? And then people talk about like being abducted by aliens in their sleep. Yeah. And that's from like America. Most people in America, not most people, but in like American culture, if you have yeah. sleep paralysis, a lot of people will think about aliens and things. So it's I like just find it really interesting because I haven't personally suffered from it. Yeah. But I know my boyfriend has. Mm-hmm. Um, and his would normally just be, from what he's told me, just really, he doesn't really picture anything like that. It's just normally someone coming at him. Yes. But it's always a black figure. So yeah. he doesn't actually see of what you're describing. You can be very, um, you know, you can sort of see it more, but he's not seeing it. Yeah. But I don't know if that comes with more experiences of it. I think it's it depends. Like when we look at things like Slenderman and we look at uh, uncanny, faceless creatures and stuff that's mm-hmm. almost more scary than to have like a full face that you can yeah. recognize and understand as either human or otherwise when you see nothing that's really creepy you don't, you don't know how to, your body doesn't know how to respond to it is what he finds yeah because it's just almost he says he, he can't you know he's trying to get up but something's pushing him back and yeah. he can't sit up in the bed or whatever because something's pushing at him and i think that is a scary very scary element especially when you are almost when you're asleep, you're kind of at your most, um, you're not weak, but you are yeah, the most vulnerable. vulnerable yeah. You're vulnerable. There's a lot of artwork, in, especially in the Renaissance, that mm-hmm. kind of depicts sleep paralysis of, of people being sat on on like, their chest or like small kind of gremlins sitting on their chest. And there's loads of different Renaissance art that depict that that thing that mm-hmm. your um, partner um, experiences. So it's, it's definitely been part of... <laughs> it's not a new thing people no, have always not. had sleep yeah. paralysis and I, I i think i definitely think that it does relate to horror stories and the things that um, we relate to that with halloween and i do think that those kind of experiences that we have with sleep paralysis definitely have influenced um, the influenced art and influenced movies and and stories that we hear so yeah it's it's just another thing that kind of adds to the supernatural mm-hmm. activity yeah definitely because your brain's adding it to the back of your head at all times you know yeah 
and then it's just sort of staying there when you're asleep it's playing on these things that you have in your head but before we end it so let's talk about some events that are coming up at this time of year i know um students union have some going on now this when this episode goes out on a thursday it'll be thursday so it'll be tomorrow for yeah. those who are listening so there's a halloween quiz by the history society that's online taking place for um well i suppose if it's on the Coleraine campus can it be anyone who's part of the history society but then i suppose it's history honestly i i think if it's online if people um because of even last year um we mm. ran all our societies cross campus i'm sure that because it is online we do want to open it up to other campuses if they mm-hmm. can if, if they can go to it so i'm sure the history society would be more than happy to have more members at it and yeah the more more the merrier definitely um the gay campus have a halloween concert by the music society at the rock road social brilliant on a thursday night and anime society's got a course study in room m u uh, 302 at mcgee campus there as well um pumpkin carving's going on at Bel- the belfast campus love that i know love pumpkin Fantastic. carving everyone get their thinking caps on what they're gonna design their pumpkins um halloween crafts and games night at the halloween hangout at level two in belfast as well um the chronology site as well just to shout out they're doing the jail horror on the friday night so that'll be tomorrow if you're listening um anything else you want to say about the usu yeah and like if you want to if anyone wants to know what's happening there's loads of different things that are happening either through the clubs and societies or ourselves um so please check out our website although i do know that a lot of our graphics have already been distributed out to our social media mm-hmm. so please check out them and if you're interested in going like um feel free to message either the society or ourselves whoever's organizing and yeah i hope i hope to see a lot of like squid game pumpkin carving yes yeah all the different symbols from that if anyone's watched the the show it's really good and also kind of taps into that oh my god it's uncanny it's 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 grotesque but you're also like intrigued by you're it hooked. too you're hooked, yeah definitely um, I know the Riverside Theatre have a few talks coming up, such as Spellbound on the Sofa, TV Witches by Kate Byrne on Friday 19th of November, and Irish Witcraft, Witchcraft and the Making of the Devils in Her on Saturday the 20th of November. So that sort of taps into what we were just talking about. So they'd be, if you were interested in what we were just talking about, them events probably, you know, add on to that. And we'll go into in a lot more detail. Um, what about yourself? What are you doing come Halloween? What's your plans? I so I I have a few things I'm gonna go to. I have uh-huh. a friend that is um doing a um drag show on Thursday in the Atlantic, and I have I'm gonna dress up as David Bowie because he's my hero, and then I think I might take a track up to Derry for Halloween because it's always good shout and I missed it last year when everything was in lockdown. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's it's always a really good time when you're up up there so might might take a race up and see what's happening although there is a concert on that night in Donegal so I don't know like I, I like to leave things up in the air at this mm-hmm. point because there's so much that's happening I just want to go with the flow at this stage you want to go with whatever you're feeling on yeah, the day exactly yeah. um we're going to Jungle NI on Friday night class absolutely terrified yeah not looking forward to it but we've been talking about it for about five six years so we just decided we're going um so i'll keep you updated is it a haunted house we no. you see you can pick there's like six attractions or something you can pick from so it's a 10 pound per attraction and you just choose on the night so there's like a corn maze um there's like a clown themed one there is a what else have we got we're we're, we're going to the corn maze i think so that's why it's in my head 
um, there's different like there's a whole lot of things um going on. Um, I think there's like a hospital themed one as well. So there's a whole range of things depending on what sort of level. And they have them rated on the website of how scary them is. So we're going yeah. for a four out of five stars. Yeah. So brilliant. <laughs> I hope they won't be too scared, but absolutely terrified at the thought of it. But, That'll be really fun. Um, there is we sent. We asked on Instagram some of the submissions we got for what people's plans were. We're just going like, because now nightclubs are open, so mm-hmm. nightclubs are Belfast, uh, scary movies at home, and then someone else said Juggling and I. So, yeah, a lot of things to get up to this time of year. Yep, definitely, definitely better than last year. Yeah, that's one <laughs> if thing. If you're keen to, you know, go out and um, be, be festive and enjoy Halloween with those activities and events, yeah, there's loads to choose from. and. Yeah, that, that the Jungle NI one sounds really good actually, so I might check out myself. Yes, definitely do. I know t- tickets are limited, but I'm sure there'll be something. That's all from us this week. Thank you so much for joining me, Grace. No worries, thank you for having me. So stay tuned for next week's episode on music and make sure to get involved with the Shin Show on Instagram. But in the meantime, take care. Bye. Bye. <laughs>